Hello, and welcome to episode 134 of, of Reviews from the Crawl Space. That's Vicky, I'm Hi. Douglas, and on this podcast we review three albums at random from an inherited vinyl collection with hilarious results, sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um... <clears throat> If you'd like to follow us along and other places, we're doing this all for free because we love you so much. We're giving you all this entertainment for free. You can follow us on, we have on Spotify, not only can you find our podcast there, as, as many as other places, Apple Music, Google Music, all the places. Stitcher. Stitcher. On Spotify only, though, you can follow on what we call RFTCS Radio, and it's our playlist curated specifically from the collection that we were reviewing. So we've gone through every one of these albums and picked the songs that we've like we like off of them, and we try and uh, not just stick with the big hits. Yeah. We go try and go some deep cuts, yeah. some B sides, some shit like that. So, um, also on Twitter at rftcs1, and on Instagram, reviews from the crawl space is just one word, one block, and in both places you can find links to said playlist. And yeah. links to past episodes, as well as what we're currently working on right now. All of our album covers, all, all that stuff. It's, it's there for you to go and look back on. And, and, you know, so you can see what we're talking about when we talk about the album covers being good or bad or interesting. And quite often they're more more interesting than the vinyl themselves. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that's check us out there. That's We like to put them out there. And there's a lot of really cool artistry that goes, in, goes into uh, these album covers. And we seem to be covering... A pretty good time in history of music for album covers too. There's some pretty goddamn iconic uh, covers that we've that's come across our path. Exactly, from uh, places I didn't even know existed. Oh, exactly, or yeah, bands. <clears throat> so, what do you got today? All right. So today's episode, we're talking about the Sex Pistols, and it's their album, Never Mind the Bullocks. Here's the Sex Pistols. Bollocks. Bollocks. Here's the Sex Pistols. The second one is by a band called Black Oak, called Race with the Devil. Mm-hmm. And lastly, Wishbone Ash, No Smoke Without Fire. Okay, that's an interesting combination. The it first is a very interesting combination. Yeah, so for the first couple, uh, first time we've had, obviously, Black Oak on the show, but first time we had Wishbone Ash, uh, and it's funny because it's kind of come up in past episodes. They've, they've been around for a while, and they've, they've got a ton of pretty cool covers so it's just kind of nice to actually get to an album and a ton of albums <clears throat> and a ton of, a ton of like years, holy yeah. shit like when i was going through the list i thought they were just a band from like the 70s maybe 80s but man like we're talking like 20 30 releases something crazy like yeah, that it's, yeah, it's there's bonkers. quite a few and it's kind of nice too <clears throat> i just want to say to people no we don't have the rona which is still going strong um no we just it's allergies allergies allergy season actually the trees are dripping my eyes are dripping every time we open a window it's just like wheeziness and yeah so that's if you hear us wheezing and coughing that's why because it's uh we're right not right the time of that season so exactly i was just gonna say too and with with the first album today it's kind of nice to actually have a a first real true punk album as opposed to some post-punk bullshit yeah so okay and other bullshit other bullshit related to other punk bullshit other yeah yeah well it's mostly the stuff that we've listened to is mostly just i know they have punk elements i, I would consider most of it post-punk like the ian jury and stuff that's not punk like this he's is exactly punk. who i had in mind yeah i know exactly i saw bullshit no this is this is real real punk so all right 
So the Sex Pistols, and oh my God, no lack of information yeah. on this band, and <laughs> so much that I couldn't get into the details here. But if you're interested in learning more about them, Wikipedia has there's lots of internet information out there about them. So the Sex Pistols were an English punk rock band for, uh, formed in England in 1975. Although their initial career lasted just two and a half years. They're regarded as one of the most groundbreaking acts in the history of popular music. They were responsible for initially initiating the punk movement on the, in the UK and inspiring many later punk and alternative rock musicians. Their fashion and hairstyles have been credited as a significant influence in the punk image and they're often associated with anarchism within music. The band attracted controversies that both captivated and appalled Britain. The band originally comprised of vocalist Johnny Lyndon, or Lydon, sorry, mm -hmm. uh, a.k.a. Johnny Rotten, who got his nickname because of his bad dental hygiene. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it's more than his dental hygiene that was rotten. Yeah. <laughs> if you let your teeth go on that far, other parts are rotten. Guitarist Steve Jones, drummer Paul Cook, and bassist Glenn Matlock. Uh, the Sex Pistols have been recognized as an influential band. In 2004, Rolling Stone placed them at number 58 on its list of 100 greatest artists of all times. On February 26th of 2006, the Sex Pistols were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but they refused to attend the ceremony, calling the museum a piss stain. Uh, Never mind the Bullocks, Here's the Sex Pistols is their only studio album released in 1977. The album has influenced many bands and musicians. The album's raw energy and Johnny Rotten's sneering delivery of half-singing lyrics mm -hmm. are often considered a game-changer. It's frequently listed as the most influential punk album and one of the most important and best albums of all time. Mm -hmm. The band's internal relationships were always volatile, and they had a lineup change during the recording of this album. Original bassist Glenn Matlock left early in the recording process, and he was then replaced by Sid Vicious. By the time the record was released, the band was already controversial, having spoken profanities on live TV. <laughs> They'd been fired by two record labels, and they had been banned from playing in, in some parts of the UK. The album title added, that added to that controversy with some people finding the word bollocks offensive. <laughs> Many record stores refused to carry it, and some record charts refused to list the title, showing just a blank space instead. It went to number one on the UK charts and went gold in only a few weeks. It remained all. It remained a bestseller for nearly a year, spending 48 weeks in the top 75. It's since been certified platinum. Yeah. This album was one of the most heavily censored records in British history. It still is number one forever and most influential. You can't stop it from being censoring. It's not going to work. Oh, if, gosh. If it's no, that, that kind only, of album, it just makes it worse. That only makes people more interested. <laughs> yeah, in I, know, I know. I know that's how, how I work. Yeah, that was like, oh, you're censoring it. Well, now i got to see yeah, it. Yeah, now i got to see what's going on. <laughs> so this album had two producers, one named Chris Thomas, who's got 763 producing credits to his name. Yeah. He's been on the show before with an album we did called Guitar Graffiti by an artist, Chris Spedding. Spedding, yeah. And also he did Pretenders 2, uh, their album by the Pretenders. Also, he's worked with the Beatles, Bad Fingers, 
Badfinger. Yeah, Badfingers. Well, yeah, yeah. possible. Yeah, it's possible. Especially when you get older. That's the newest band, Badfingers. <laughs> Brian Ferry, Pink Floyd, In Excess, and so, so many more. Yeah. With 763 producing yeah. credits. Yeah. Uh, the other guy was Bill Price. He had 109 producing credits to his name. He also did uh, Mott the Hoople, The Clash. Pete Townsend and the Jesus and Mary train. Oh, that's another train. one. That's another one I'm actually kind of surprised that we haven't hit yet, which I still think we might. Mott the Hoople? No, we have hit Mott the Hoople. Oh, no, it's the Clash. Yeah. 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 yeah, that's what I thought we had done that, the Hoople already. Yeah. Uh, track listing on this album uh, Holiday in the Sun, which was released as a single and went to number eight in the UK. A song called Bodies, No Feelings, Liar. Problems and God Save the Queen, which was also released as a single mm -hmm. and went to number two in the UK. Side two, 17, Anarchy in the UK, which was released as a single, went to number 38 in the UK. Submission, Pretty Vacant, another single, went to number six in the UK. New York and EMI. The runtime. Oh, sorry, I was going to say uh, EMI must be one of those other labels that. Yeah, that's very possible, and it said that it, it couldn't confirm that in, yeah. in what I read, but they're pretty sure that's what it was. Yeah. Runtime on this album, 38 minutes, 44 seconds. So over the years, they have reunited uh, the original members of the band. What's left, yeah. Of course, we know Sid Vicious is dead. Yeah, for a he long time. He died in 1977, I believe. Oh, yeah, that's right. He didn't make it to the 80s. Of a drug overdose because he was wanted for killing his girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah, Nancy. Well, watch Sid it, Sister Nancy. Yeah, There's lots of movies and stuff on that one. So in 1996, they did a six-month tour of Europe, North and South America, Australia, and Japan. Then in 2007, they did uh, uh, a bunch of dates, and then 2008 they did some European festivals, and they signed with Universal in 2012 so that they could re-release this album. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know if Johnny Rotten would like all that getting together and touring. Bullshit. I mean, if you're going to go and call the <clears throat> the award show, you know, Piss Stain or Piss, but whatever they called it, that how is it? What's the difference of going out, cobbled together yeah. a half-assed band and going back out when you're 80 or whatever? So, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, they have that has a spot, but I don't know about going to see them, like, now. It'd be Yeah, it would be like lame. seeing a whole bunch of dried-up prints. Well, it's just, and then, like, <laughs> they're all, you know, punks and stuff, but they all got their... They're all happy with their fucking health care and, and shit like that. And, and their, the money that and they the, made the, from... And their mansions and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> but, having said that, I digress. Um, I actually didn't mind this album. Yeah, it was nice. Like, it kind of mentioned off the top. It's it's nice that we had a, a real... Uh, like, a, the, like, essentially the punk album of all time for you to finally check. And you've never listened to this. you never heard this album before? Uh, no, I've heard... You've maybe a song. Yeah, it. yeah, like Anarchy or... Yeah, uh, yeah. God Save the Sun. I like, Am the Antichrist. I've heard that song yeah, yeah. before. Um, that's, that's, yeah, that's Anarchy in the UK. I mean, all we've had so far is mediocre. Mediocre. Um, well, most with of it's stupid post, lyrics. Post-punk, yeah. And just so loud and screechy that it couldn't be handled by my brain. No, there's definitely a level, better level of musicianship with these guys than some of the shit we've listened to. Well, and the lyrics are did, true did anarchism. You, yeah, did you read some of the lyrics? No, I haven't. No, you definitely got some opinions on Just things. the stuff that I have, um, <laughs> that I can recognize from the actual lyrics in the songs. Yeah. It actually is what punk should be. Yes, for and sure. And not that bunch of bullshit like that we were, that we were listening I to. I hated my brother and, you know, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> well, yeah, they're real dumb, they're real dumb, infantile stuff. 
Yeah, there's definitely some shit, and that kind of goes to, I mean, we'll never have, um, oh my god, the song, uh, who did a Holiday in Cambodia? Jello and yeah, I can't yeah. think. Of, oh my god, I can't Jello think. By yeah, yeah, I can't think of the name. Anyways, I wish there was an album from those guys in here because like those are like the real punk yeah. shit. But yeah, the stuff we've listened to has been really just almost cartoony, lame. Yeah. So I'm glad that you finally got to listen to it because yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I have heard the album before, obviously. Uh, I and I kind of like the second side a little bit more on this album. I agree I, with you there too. Yeah. I think there's a little more dynamics and a little more. It's yeah, a little, a little more dynamic uh, than the first side, where the first side is is good. It, it's very like it's it's punky, so it's kind of got one. But the second side, I, I feel, has got a, a little more going for it, and some better. So I think some better songs. I totally agree. Um, yeah, I'm just trying. I just to me, it's it's amazing to me because like I, I grew up in the '90s, so. I grew up in the time, because he seems to be about a 20-year lag between, you know, punk was big in the late 70s and kind of died in the about 80s, kind of like disco, actually. But uh, but I grew up in the 90s, and the 90s was, a, like, the perfect time for the reflection of the punk scene came back. Like, Nirvana, for sure, is doesn't exist without these guys in this album. This, is, this album sounds, Nirvana's album sounds so much like this, it's fucking incredible. But just like the whole grunge scene and punk came back in the 90s in a big way, punk and ska, and it's all echoes of that. So it, was, yeah. it, it makes sense, like listening to this now and having listened to, you know, growing, growing up on grunge and Nirvana, like those kinds of bands. Yeah, the, the, the connection is direct. Like well, one doesn't exist without the other. So yeah, yeah it's pretty, pretty amazing to do that. And when I listen to it, I can hear those elements. I can hear those other bands using those same like guitar chords or changes or, you know, vocal things like, you know, Cobain and his singing growling thing like it's just there's lots of so yeah it, it makes sense and I understand why it's so important in music and it's amazing they were really only influential and like together for two and a half years yeah. but uh, yeah such a short period of time and I was alive like I was around yeah. when these guys hit the scene and you're too busy disco in it I remember all of the the punks you know all of the uh, shenanigans and <laughs> you know it was always on the news and people were always talking about it and you know, the songs on the radio and that kind of stuff. So too bad you never went to a show. No, I didn't really go to many shows when around that age. I was too young and no, it's about, lived this in a would small have been about town. The, the small just, town thing, but I mean, this, yeah. about, this would have been the right age for you, I think. You know, for me to go to concerts, we had to go to Detroit, which hey, man, I was sketchy at best where all of the uh, places were. <laughs> Getting shot. Or Toronto, which was a four-hour drive. Yeah, I was so. going to say, yeah, you're, you're traveling halfway across the province there. Yeah, yeah so, exactly. Yeah, yeah no, it's, it's kind of like same same basic thing for me growing up. I didn't get to a lot of shows other than like friends shows. Well, I hung out with a lot of musicians, so friends gigs and stuff other than that yeah it was the same for me you had to go drive to the you know get, get, get on the ferry go to the fair well yeah, yeah especially living on the island yeah you had to stay somewhere overnight yeah. so often we'd just sleep in the van or whatever but yeah yeah definitely so uh yeah because the the uh the arena in victoria wasn't even open at that point like it's no there was no there was no venues back maybe then. the last 10 years uh there was that. there was my in nanaimo there was one venue Remember we're down down in the <laughs> we're going off on a little sidebar here and then I remember at the main park there where we've gone down yeah and, yeah there used to be a big arena there oh okay that that parking lot that's there that used to be an arena that used to have shows and oh okay and they tore that down in the nineties so huh interesting early, so early two thousands yeah so there really was no venues it's around. just more pub venues now yeah around small Nanaimo small and venues yeah. so anyways yeah so it makes sense why and like for me it was just reliant on like small gigs and friends coming through town. 
Wish I did get to listen to some local Canadian band, punk bands for sure. Um, if you want to call it, God, I know Gob was one of them, but uh, but anyways, yeah, it's just I'm just I'm just happy that we finally got to a real album like this for this for this genre. Yeah, for uh, yeah, the, for the true genre, <clears throat> yeah, to, to actually represent it for sure. Uh, so originally the album, I'm going to kind of skip ahead, I'm going to do my notes and stuff here, because I do have other stuff about the album. I know I usually read the stuff for the album first, and then, but the album was originally going to be called God Save Sex Pistols. Yeah. But they end up changing that uh, based based on a phrase, well, it's a, it's a phrase by the locals, but uh, Steve Jones brought it up. And the phrase was, never mind the bullocks, which often was spoke by fans or locals, it just meant stop talking rubbish or stop talking shit. Yeah. So that's that's where that came in. They that changed just before they did the album, actually. Um, yeah, they won the the band won the censorship battle with uh, the courts and the police and shit um, because they just essentially what it came down to was they're like you allow newspapers to print this word, magazines to print this word, and you don't stop them, you don't find them, but you're gonna ha- you're gonna hammer us for you doing the same thing they do. So then the courts like so the, yeah, so the courts like. We hate to agree with you because we think you're awful, but you're right. Yeah, we can't do this. Yeah, so it was it was quite interesting. Um, I'll, uh, the, the we'll get to the the concept of the cover. Oh, uh, you know what? I'm gonna go back to. I will read the, the all the information first. I'm just gonna go through my notes one more time. Influential, good songs. So yeah, the songs I want to talk about real quick. I the ones that stand out for me, uh, besides Anarchy in the UK. Submission, New York, and Holidays in the Sun. And uh, Holidays in the Sun is, is kind of like about glo- globalism and mm-hmm. about people hopping on a flight to go fuck off somewhere to somewhere else and, and harass people in their country instead of just like staying home. Oh, man. Oh, I know. If they can see it now. Well, yeah. they can. They, some of them can. <laughs> All right. So, Everybody but Sid. Never mind the bullocks. Here's the Sex Pistols. Sex Pistols. Warner Brothers catalog KBS 3147. Uh, Canada, this is an unknown year. This is a repress, unknown year, punk. The condition, the cover is good overall. Spine is becoming a little bit tough to read, but there's no rips, there's no tears, minimal wear, surprisingly. It's actually, it's funny I have good, but it's actually, other than the spine being a little, a tiny bit wonky, I think it's actually in really good condition. Um, the sleeve, very good again. Printed, original. It's got, uh, original sleeve oh, in there cool. so that's pretty fantastic that doesn't happen very often no 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 especially for this one um let's see where am i at here the vinyl very good no scratches no scuffs it needs a bit more of a cleaning but it's in a fantastic condition and the audio i have good is good in that it sounds like a fucking punk album you think if like they're gonna make a punk album it would sound like this now is it good like Sonically like Alan Parsons or the fucking Pink Floyd. No, no, it sounds like shit. It sounds like fucking garbage. It sounds like they recorded it in a trash can. But in terms of punk album, it's what I think they should sound like. And I'll have to say that at like the other punk albums that we've listened to for me have all been just like high pitched screechy. Screechy, yeah. And this one this one wasn't that way. No, it wasn't. No. So you're absolutely right. It's not a big epic No, it's not the big sound field, yeah. but it's it, it's a lot better than it some better, of the other and it, it works for what, what it is. Like yeah. it, it sounds like you think it would sound like. And I just want to talk about the cover for a second here. You know, just because they wouldn't put it in the stores and whatnot. But talk about, it's got a fluorescent orange cover with black writing. Yeah, it's actually, I think it's fluorescent pink. With sex pistols in a... In Green. 
like lime green, fluorescent yeah. lime green. Talk about calling attention to yourself. Well, I, I love it. No, no they images. didn't want you to be able to. Yeah, it's as bright as possible. There's no images of the band. It's just like this big, bright billboard. It's yeah, like the big Sex letters. Pistols, the big yeah. letter. Yeah. No, I know it's, it's fantastic. And then like, no, the packaging is like like iconic for me. It's 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 such clever, brilliant packaging. That, yeah, uh, they did so much right. Like, yeah, yeah, totally. As far as getting. Well, finally, so people, yeah, people wrangled them there, uh, yeah. enough to. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so the cover design. Uh, his name is Jamie Reed, aka his real name is James McGregor. So Jamie, an English artist and anarchist, his style became iconic. Uh, became iconic for the the punk movement. Uh, cut out letters from newspapers heading gave the gave it a feel of uh, a ransom note. Yeah. And you can see this more on on like there and on the on the back a little bit, but. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's kind of, ex yeah that. That's, that's the kind of style he went exactly with. Exactly what it is. The most well-known image that came out of this whole thing is a photo of Queen uh, Queen Elizabeth II with a safety pin through her nose and swastikas were over her eyes. Awesome. And, and that, but yeah, no kidding, that's, that is Jeez. awesome. It's like bang on, perfect. And that became like the symbol created by the same like the same guy who did this. I think it was for um, one of their singles actually for this from this album. It was one of the single covers. Mm -hmm. So I think get that T-shirt still. Um, Fifty-eight visual credits. His first time on the show. Uh, his other credits include Bow Wow Wow, uh, Doctor Mouthquake, and Cactus Rain. Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> Doctor Mouthquake makes me laugh. Those are good, good band names. Um, Jamie's concept uh, was not to have was to have not have the band picture anywhere on the cover. And so, and the difference is the international version. So the UK, the proper UK version was Dayglow day Red and Yellow. So red and then yellow. Oh, okay. Well, the North American was pink and green. Okay. I actually prefer the North American. The red and the yellow don't pop as much as that pink and green. Oh, yeah, definitely. I, I, I prefer the two. In fact, the, the red one looks a little weird to me. But now this color combination is like, that's, that's a classic one. Yeah, it will stand out in a record store, that's for sure. Yeah, so uh, those who carried it anyway. So I mean, I, go, I, I would say go and kind of read up a bit more too if you're interested in a lot of these artists that we cover. Jamie Reed, pretty well known. You definitely know. I've seen his work before. There's no question about that. So okay, that's it. That's it for me. That's it for you. Yeah. Okay, so just on to the discog stuff. Yep. Uh, it gets rated four point three eight out of five with one hundred eleven people rating. Resale value, $9.85, $34.36, and $120 in its best condition. Wow, $120 for this. That, that blew my mind. When I put it in there, I was like, holy shit. Because the, one of the first versions that came up was still, it was like, you know, it was like 85 bucks or something. I was like, oh, shit, that's right on. I'm glad yeah. that's worth something. And then I actually found this version. It was 120 But so where does that even put it on our list? Eighth. Eighth overall. Wow, yeah. that's amazing. Not even a top five anymore. Yeah. And wow. God damn. The number one album was uh, Tangerine Dream. Tangerine Dream. That's right. It wasn't Stratosphere. It was... No. Uh, oh, that's right. That's so crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Tangerine Dream. Who would have thought? And it, it's right behind one of the Beatles albums, too. Yeah, I was going to say, Beatles yeah. probably make up a good chunk of that list. Yeah. So, okay. Actually, not really. It's surprising. Like, Tracy Chapman's on that list. Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, the, the I think list. there's a Pink Floyd. The Floyd. I'm pretty sure there's a Bowie. It's either, yes. it's either Ziggy yeah, or... Yeah, there, uh, there was a Bowie album on there as well. Yeah. 
Floyd made it. It wasn't Ziggy. No. It was something different. Pinups. Okay, anyways, so, uh, yeah. what, what do you got? What are you, what are you giving it? Hey, what's the... I'm going to give it a four out of five. Mm-hmm. But I'm also going to add a must must listen. Must must listen, yeah. Must listen kind of thing. Um, just to kind of familiarize. If you're not familiar with punk, yeah, this is the album that I would suggest you listen to. Yes, this is a, definitely the starting point. <laughs> Start at the top. And if you want to educate yourself. Figure it out from there. Yeah, I give it a five. Okay. Yeah, it's a must own, a must listen. It's just it's responsible for so much music, so many other bands that we know and love, and it's very just in, in the not just in music history, it's just like in, in in history in general. It's very very influential. So yeah, it, it's five five for sure. Yeah. So cool. All right, uh, Sex Pistols down. All right. All right. And, uh, Moving on to I, a surprise for a us. A surprise, yeah. This, this, is, this is definitely a, a shocker, this one. Uh, this one's called a band called Black Oak, Race with the Devil. So Race with the Devil, that's what we do when we go have some spicy-ass takeout somewhere and need to get home. Yes, that's it's what, the, race that's the, the, race the Race with the Devil. The Race with the Hot Devil. The Hot Spicy Devil. <laughs> so Black Oak is an American Southern rock band formerly known as Black Oak, Arkansas. The band reached the height of its fame in the 1970s with four charting albums in that decade. Their style is punctuated by multiple guitar players and the raspy voice and onstage antics of their lead vocalist, Jim Dandy Mangrum. I wouldn't call his voice raspy, though. No, not really. No, it's more crooner. Although, okay. there's, there's more to come that might shed some light oh, on okay. Following continued uh, to drop off. Yeah. Record sales were going. So, but they were still drawing crowds for their concerts. Yeah, that, that they were they were strong in the in the in the concert department. They could they could fill it up no problem, do their thing, but their save record sales was terrible. Yeah. yeah. So, Mangrum dropped Arkansas from the group's name in an attempt to downplay their southernness, replacing almost everyone in the band except himself and one other person. Um, he also altered his own voice style to attempt to sound more mainstream. Yeah, which which definitely would explain why you don't think he sounds raspy. No, and I, I do think that in this album is you can definitely hear that they're trying to be just like get us on the FM radio. Yeah, we want to be on there to Southern Rock. That's that's his album. So, Race with the Devil was released in 1977, and the album did not sell well. They did two as Black Oak. And neither one of them. Yeah, very for, well, despite uh, for fledgling, all the changes. For, uh, it was for a fledgling uh, record company, too, Capricorn Records. Yeah, they were yeah. kind of dying at the time. So the band eventually changed their name back to Black Oak, Arkansas. Black Oak, Arkansas. And they still currently tour with some original members. Yeah, I saw that was quite the fucking uh, chart they had on Wikipedia. Yeah. It was like it was just a line chart or whatever of like all the different members and the different times they existed in the band. <laughs> Holy shit. And I think he's maybe one of the only ones that's still left. Yes, 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 yes. Their lead singer. So a producer on this album was Deke Richards uh, with 167 producing credits to his name. And weirdly, Diana Ross, The Jacksons, Stevie Wonder, The Supremes. Mm-hmm. So all Motown bands. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. makes me like question why he was producing a Southern rock album. But well, because they, they were trying to go more mainstreamy. I kind of understand why they were they're doing that because the way that the way it sounds actually kind of makes sense. It sounds more kind of that Motown blues kind of. So not much information available about any of the album and now, what entailed. Well, well, I don't know if I was reading it correctly for for, for, for this album. Maybe it was a different album. I was on a rabbit hole, but 
didn't a whole bunch of these guys die at like yeah in their sixties yeah and one of them just recently because of COVID yeah yeah okay it was the yeah. same one yeah there was like four four or five dead ones yeah so track listing on this album all race about the same age too race with weird. the devil freedom one night stand and Daisy side two rainbow feels so good stand your stand by your own kind and not fade away uh, for context the before album was. Well, this was their first album as Black Oak. Yeah. Um, and the after album is I'd Rather Be Sailing, and it was released in 1978. Yeah. I just wanted a couple of, of, of songs <clears throat> that I want to throw down right away. The Race of the Devil, the starting track, definitely is a banger for them. Lots of guitars, good good heavy rock there. And I'm like, it's, it's southern rock, sure, but they're definitely, like you said, they're definitely trying to get away from it, and it's, it's more like just like rock rock. Yeah. Uh, so, what did I say? Where was I here? Race with the oh, Devil. Race of the Devil, Rainbow, and Freedom. Freedom. Which is the second song. Yeah. But, um, no, so the, why it's a surprise for both of us is because when you pull out Black Oak, Race of the Devil, I'm thinking, like, right away it's going to be some shit-kicker country album that we've listened to a million times. It's going to be Oak Ridge Boys or something. It's just going to be maybe not even worse than that. I just, when we pulled it out, we were both not looking forward to it at all. <clears throat> and then we put it on and that first song comes on it's like oh shit like we were fucking way wrong about this album and it actually is, like turned out to be not a bad album like well and it was another to... go ahead sorry no I was just gonna say compared to like what we are expecting and in terms of a southern rock album it's it's alright and the more we listened to it the more it kind of grew on us I, I agree which with that, has happened sure. a lot lately yeah I have to say albums. for sure and uh it's weird they couldn't get radio play because they have a couple of catchy really catchy songs there's nothing not safe about them and uh and you'll swear like it's they're good but they're sometimes maybe a little bit forgettable but if you heard them on the radio you like it would fit on the radio stations and they're like i said they're catchy so it's just kind of weird that just flamed out but they had a they had a strong following in, in yeah, concerts yeah so. there was one song that i and i can't remember which one it was but it kind of really reminded me of uh meatloaf Oh yeah, like yeah, yeah, this, yeah. The singing style, the, the meatloaf, and kind of like that Rocky Horror, Rocky Horror, show. like that kind of operatic, yeah. uh, theatrical kind of song. Yeah, there was one like that, and I would say like uh, very, they're very similar to like a bad. I don't want to say say bad company, but uh, what was uh, ready, ready for love? That was like not bad company, but it was like the offshoot. But anyways, it's that kind of music. So yeah, it. Um, there was a couple of songs that sounded like other. They, they were clearly trying to be that, right? Because at one point, I think they're harmonizing their voices in one part, kind of like CSN. And uh, like I said, they're trying to hit the notes. They're trying yeah. to do the thing to yeah. get popular. Yeah. <laughs> I don't mind it. It's not bad. It's just, I think maybe because it's better than we had expected. So. Oh, definitely it was, for sure. The other thing I'll mention, too, is, uh, I mean, first of all, Sax, Sax Rex, one of the songs, fucking straight out. <laughs> um, but tell me, listen, okay, everybody right now, pause this and when you pause this you go listen to a song called oh hold on a sec one night stand it's on the first side go listen to the song black oak one night stand and tell me that's not tenacious d before tenacious d is tenacious d is jack black singing go listen to it it's fucking crazy you'll never be able to not hear it from now on when you hear it and he's like oh yeah it's, it's jack black just fucking jumping around <laughs> Play the guitar. It's it's them. It's and then the, the, his style of singing is fucking. It's good because it's, it's he's got a range that works, and he's kind of crooning and doing his thing. But sometimes it's kind of fucking funny. 
it kind of makes me laugh because it sounds like why would do when I'm making a silly voice. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like he's like, yeah, race with the devil. It sounds just like that. And it kind of, anyways, it, it's fucking great. That makes me laugh. Anyways, race with the devil. Black Oak, Capricorn Records, catalog, CPN 0191. Canada, 1977. <clears throat> it's original pressing, and it does have a hole punch. The condition's okay. I guess I mentioned hole punch, so it's got a bit of a bit of a hole on it. it. Has a bit of tear on the back side as well on the paper here. This, but the spine's still readable. It's not like it's the glue's not broken, so I mean it's okay in that regard. But it's just got a little rough love there. Sleeves, plain paper, whatever. Vinyl's very good condition. No no scuffs, no scratches, whatever. Played well. It's actually, I'll give it to these guys. It sounded good too, and I get to the audio. Solid, a solid 70s rock mix. What do I always say? A little bit more low end. Just a tiny, just a tiny bit. <laughs> we but, like our bass. But yeah, we do like our bass. And in this one, it, the sound field was good. And they had all the, the, the guitar playing is really fucking good. And so it really stood out. It wasn't a smushy. And, uh, art direction by Diane Kalin. Photography by David Alexander. And design by John Cahey. He's been on the show a bunch. Uh, Diana, art director for Capricorn Records from 1975 to 1980. Has 51 credits. Um, just uh, oh, been on the show once with the Marshall Tucker Band's Long Hard Ride. Other credits. All other in, Southern Rock Band. Yes, yeah. Allman Brothers and Wet Willie. So other Southern Rock Bands. So obviously these guys are in Southern Rock Bands and oh, it didn't work out because they closed the, the, the studio or whatever not long after. Uh, David, an American photog, whose work has been uh, is notable in both music and film. He's been on the show at least four times. Okay, has 288 credits. Been on the show at least four times. Marshall Tucker Band, Long Hard Ride, The Blues Brothers, Briefcase Full of Blues, Bonnie Raitt's The Glow, and Foreigners Head Games. John, an American designer, 66 credits. Been on the show with ELOs uh, on the third day and Hearts Little Little Queen. Other credits include Sparks and Eddie Money. Oh, Sparks. Yes. Actually, a lot of these guys, it's amazing, you know, how many times Sparks shows up in, in these guys' credits. Cool. I don't mention them all the time, but they're oh, there. Cool. Yeah. So that's it for me. All right. So Discogs information. It gets four out of five by two people rating it. <laughs> Resale value is $3 across the board. Stick the band. Yeah. <laughs> $3 across the board. I give it a three out of five. I give it a three out of five too. Wow. It's, yeah. It's funny because we don't talk about our ratings no, no, beforehand. No, 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 no. Nope, not at all. Uh, in fact, we talk sometimes very little about each other's parts. Yeah, so. and until we get to, to do this, sit down, and then and talk about it. But yeah, there's sometimes we'll be talking about what we'll you be like. Oh, hey, you know, this is this is more enjoyable than I thought. But like, really, that's about yeah. it. Sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So no three, and I I agree. It was, I thought about it because I was thinking two point five. I was like, no, you know, we listened to it a couple times, and there's some catchy songs on there like you know i think it's maybe i have to say maybe a little underrated of an album mm -hmm. for these guys so yeah i totally agree uh, all right totally agree black black oak down what's that okay and last but not least last but not least wishbone ass no smoke without fire so wishbone ash are a british rock band who achieved success in the early early and mid 70s they are noted for their extensive use of harmony lead guitars, which has been attracting electric blues bands since Jeff Beck, Jimmy Page played together with the Yardbirds. 
Bands that have cited Wishbone Ash as an influence are Iron Maiden, Van Halen, Leonard Skinner, Thin Lizzy, Metallica, Dream Theater, and one of my all-time favorite bands, Opeth. <laughs> Founding members Martin Turner, bass and vocals, and Andy Powell, guitars and vocals, were voted two of the most important guitarists in rock history and appeared in the top 20 guitarists of all times, according to Rolling Stone. Uh, the band still tours and releases music, and Andy Powell is the only original member that's touring with the band. Wow, yeah, and a lot of fucking albums. A lot, yeah. A lot, yeah. a lot. <laughs> uh, no Smoke Without Fire is the ninth studio album released in 1978. The album peaked at number 43 in the UK. Producer, Derek Lawrence, 179 producing credits. Lots and lots and lots of Deep Purple. Yeah, yeah, And no most of the Wishbone Ash catalog. Yeah. Track listing on this album, You See Red, Baby the Angels Are Here, Ships in the Sky, Stand and Deliver, Side B, Anger and Harmony, Like a Child, The Way of the World Part 1, and The Way of the World Part 2. The uh, runtime on this album is 40 minutes and 58 seconds. Mm -hmm. And for context, the before album was Front Page News, released in 1977, and the after album was just testing in 1980. Yeah, and if I will say too, there isn't really not a whole lot on this. I got this is a one. This is what I call a one pager. No, it isn't. Um, it, there wasn't a lot on this album, so or this band really. No, which is Given weird their considering their influence, influence and, yeah. and the sheer amount of material they put out. Yeah, yeah. it's it's kind of fucking wild. But um, I will say the big one of the bigger problems. Uh, I have with this album is that it's actually really too long. Like mm. you said, it's almost 50 minutes and I, I find that it's, I get quite bored. Of 40. It. Oh, well it's I just, 40 and 58 seconds. Yeah. Oh, 40 and 50. I thought you yeah. said, I thought it was 48 minutes. Oh, okay. No, okay. 40, 58. Wow. That's even, that's even shorter by 10 minutes than I thought. <laughs> I still feel it's too long. <laughs> I have some good songs. I'll start out with the good songs. I think, um, you see red baby, the angels are here and ships in the sky, which is not too bad is shorter. Various CSNY. That's where they're all vocal harmonizing and they're all like, so like that. <laughs> they were all whistling. Yeah. Um, so those, those are pretty good, but I kind of, they're like Stand and Deliver. I didn't like that song at all because it's just kind of just like monotonous, repetitive. But it's kind of how I felt about this whole album was that, like I said, they're good. Obviously, obviously, great musicians. They have some great licks, some good songs on here, but. Um, it was very, very samey and monotonous towards the end. There really wasn't much departure. It was just a bunch of like mid-tempo songs that sounded very, very much the same than the last song. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of disappointing in that regard. And by the second side, I was really just kind of finding myself tuning out because it was just the, the same, the same shit we had listened to. So, um, I don't know, what do you think? I like the album. I had heard a lot about uh, because they kind yeah, of yeah. show up around my. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah familiar I'm familiar with the name of them, and they're like around for sure. The '70s, yeah. like rock, prog rock. Yeah, and like you said, they're influential in a lot of the bands we listen to. But uh, yeah, it was the album was okay. I have a feeling it's probably not even in their top five for oh, strength or uh, like for the number of albums they put yeah. out. Probably not. Yeah, no. this just feels like an in between kind of album that they were just let's just get it out there, get the next one. Yeah, ninth studio album. So yeah, close I, to I, the middle. Yeah, it just kind of felt that, yeah, it was just a little, this one was meh. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put meh. Meh? Meh. Um, 
No Smoke Without Fire, Wishbone Ash. MCA Records, Catalog MCA-3060, Canada, 1978. It's an original pressing. Condition, the cover's good. The spine's a bit hard to read. Uh, the combination of it's starting to wear a bit and the design of the cover, design choice, makes the, the uh, text on the spine incredibly hard to read. Uh, it has a bit of a ring. You can see a little bit of a fade. There's the corners a little bit. It's it's all it's okay. I have good, but and uh, eh, it's okay. Uh, sleeve is actually the original sleeve with an insert, which is in very good condition. And the lyrics insert and the original. So that, that's that's good. That's all there. It's which again is surprising. Usually that stuff is gone. The audio, um, good. It was a rock mix. It sounded good. It had a good mm -hmm. sound field. Like it, it was well engineered. All that. I would. I, no complaints on that side. It wasn't the sound. Wasn't the issue with this with this album. They got they got all that down right. Like honestly, very much in the sound production of maybe not quite as high as Pink Floyd, but in that realm of mix, that's kind of how they sound. Maybe not quite as big, but uh, cover design photography by Hypnosis. Hypnosis again. We all know and love them. Yes. They've been on the show lots. Pink Floyd, Saucer Full of Secrets, Amagama, Metal, Dark Side, and that's just to name a couple of them. There's still more Pink Floyd they do. Oh, yeah. We've talked about... It's ELO 2, Led Zeppelin's House of the Holy Presence, Bad Co's Bad Co, Alan Parsons' Project, pretty much all of them, Tales of Mystery Imagination, iRobot, Project Eve, like fucking on and on and on. I could honestly go through and just... There could be like a hundred of these now. Yeah. So, hypnosis very important. If you love your, it's what I was talking about off the top of the show. This is the era with the best, the best of album covers, I think, and hypnosis is behind a huge part of that. So. Yes, definitely, and I did not realize how much. How to the extent until yes. we've, you know, it's one of the many things I've learned God. during this podcast. Almost every, at least, almost every other episode is a hypnosis uh, yeah. cover, and they're all usually the best covers. Yeah. Like, they really fucking turned it out for a decade. <clears throat> So, uh, and that's, that's, that's it for me. All right. That's Discogs. Yeah. Uh, this album gets rated three, 3.67 out of five with six people rating resale value on this album is $4, $6 and 25 cents or $11 and eight cents. Yeah. I'm not surprised on a, there's probably a million copies of these guys out there. So I gave it a 2.5. You give it. I'm going to give it a three. Okay. Yeah, I was on the border. Like, it's, I can't, there isn't quite enough songs for me to give it a three, but like I said, it's not that it's a bad album at all. So, yeah, 2.5. Okay. Wishbone Ash Down. Wishbone Ash Down. Best of three. I think that goes without saying, I think. Sex Pistols? <laughs> yeah. Wishbone Ash. You know, um,. You know, Sex Pistols, uh, five. It's a five out of five. Gotta gotta listen. Gotta own. Yeah. See, I gave it a four out of five, but I still think that only because of its its influence on punk rock and music in general. Yeah. But I'm I'm gonna say that probably the uh, last album. Oh, you're gonna give it to that? Wow, wow. If I wouldn't have done, if I wouldn't have given it to Sex Pistols, it was gonna be Black Oak. I, oh, I, cause I enjoyed that album more than I did uh, Wishbone Ash. <laughs> so I'm gonna give it to Wishbone Ash. Okay, you give it to Wishbone and a shot. Wow. Oh, wow. All right. Most pleasing on my ear holes. Uh, anything you'd like to add before we uh, um, stop? Yeah, I just, 
just want to kind of briefly talk about uh, Taylor Hawkins and. Oh, okay. I should know that. Um, just I meant to do it at the beginning of the show, actually, and yeah. then just kind of, you were on a roll, and that's <laughs> not why. It's just. Uh, and just how sad it made me, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I love Dave Grohl, and I love I love the Foo Fighters, and um, it's just always so so sad when someone's so talented and. Well, just not not just that, but like they're on tour, and he's not that old. Just literally, just turned fifty, and uh, yeah, cocaine's a hell of a drug. Like, that's that's the life, man. Like we just talked about with that band too, the Black Oak or whatever. They like most of those guys died when they turned literally turned sixty, so yeah. like sixty two at max. Yeah, it, it is. It's like we were just watching. They just had a. Uh, Foo Fighters just put out that movie, the Studio Six Six Six. We just, just watched that just a couple wa- of weeks ago. Just watched that, and we were just watching. Grohl was just on the the Hot Wings show, so like we were just Foo Fighters had kind of just surfaced there on tour, and then it's like, uh, yeah, just on all of a sudden it's like, I actually argued with somebody on, on Twitter about it, kind yeah. of, because I was like, they're like, oh, he's dead. I'm like, the fuck are you talking about? No, he's not. And they had to go out and like get an official link because it's just like, I, what we just saw, like how could he be dead? Yeah, it's one of those. <laughs> It's one of those um, shockers, like it was Tom a bit Petty of a sh- yeah, it was a bit of a shocker, and yeah. Prince, and yeah. you know, yeah, no, stuff you didn't see coming. And it's, uh, yeah. And the Foo Fighters just won three Grammys, making well, them the most Grammy band yeah. in the history of the Grammys. So Yeah, and then you just get into the whole thing with Grohl, you know, just like the two bands that he's been in and the way it's all kinda of gone down. Yeah. Like what do you what do you even do anymore after that? He's the drummer, he lose, loses his lead singer. He's the lead singer and he loses his drummer. Yeah. Like, so it'll be interesting to see what happens to the band. Where they go from here. What yeah, what they're gonna do with it. Like or yeah. like just leave like he did with Nirvana, just put a Put a pin in that and move on to something else. Another project. Different project, yeah. Go back and kind of do what he's doing I mean, there for a while. After 25 years. Is, is Studio it, stuff. Is it easy to do that? I don't, I don't know. know. That's what I mean. It's wild, wild stuff. So. so we all have to stay tuned, I guess. Yeah. That can be said about anything in life. Stay tuned. Yeah. Find out what happens. So, okay. That's it. R.I.P. Taylor Hawkins. Okay, and, yep. Uh, R.I.P. Uh, yeah. Okay. Sad. That's a good way to end it. Let's end it right there. Hold on a sec. Wait, wait. Oh, thank you.